are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for uh, it's mid-April. My name is Tom Chick. My game of the week is not Titan Quest. And uh, I guess I'm Jason McMaster, and uh, my game of the week is not a, a <clears throat> hell, I don't know, the claw game at Bargain Town. My name is Brandon Kikowski Chanel, and my game of the week is apparently not listening to who is supposed to go next. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. No, that was McMaster. Yeah, McMaster so. dropped his cue. The first fumble of this podcast. We're keeping score. McMaster. You always go like uh, alphabetically, except for this time. <laughs> Just trying to throw you a curveball. Yeah, with, with my hyphenated last name, it could go either way. Sure. I'm either C, which would no, be for you, or MS, which would be after. F- You'd be surprised. <laughs> So just based uh, on the ma- based on the junk mail I get, it could go either way. Oh, well. <laughs> so McMaster, I have a list here. So the first uh, you you whiffed the curveball I threw at you. That means I get a point. Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> good, good. You're gonna need them. Uh, I am gonna need them because what we want to do during this podcast <clears throat> is level up. Uh, I have dinged up. I'm now level two. McMaster, you went down a level, so you're level negative one. Brandon, customer Good. service, just because I can't say your other names. Uh, Brandon, you're holding steady at level zero. Okay. So, Fair enough. So, you know, on the, the, J, the RPG that is this week's uh, podcast, because we've all picked a game of the week, and they are all very different instances of one genre. And I'm not even sure if this still even exists as a genre, but we're going to talk RPGs and what we look for in an RPG, what we're playing lately. All three of us are, are deeply, deeply mired in some serious time sinks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who – Brandon, you, uh, you've, you've claimed – you've logged like I think 72 hours in your particular – 74. 74. Now. 74. Okay, in your particular time sink. 72, when I wrote the review at noon today, it's 74, 75 now. It's kind of crazy how those times rack up, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would not even begin to know my time played with the game I'm going to mention. McMaster, uh, have you done a, a slash age or time played or whatever the command is in the little MMO that you're playing? No. No, but I've, I've played a lot, so... All right, so uh, these are all, uh, as you, as I mentioned, they're all RPGs. Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit first about yours? It's one of those weird little JRPGs, right? It is, yeah. So I'm playing um, Bravely Default. What the uh, heck kind which... of a name is that for a JRPG? <laughs> that makes no sense. Well, it does, it makes sense. In Japan, it's called Bravely Default Fairy Flight or something like that. I like that. Uh, yeah. But Bravely Default comes from the combat system. Um, but let me give a little a, a little background on how I came to play this game. Mostly it's because I'm an idiot, which I find um, mm. dictates the majority of my actions, and I think a few readers of your site would probably agree with that as well. I do hear um, on the site, the word on the internet is that you're a moron. Yeah, I hear I that. I have heard lot. that too, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. The secret's out. Um, so, Bravely Default is a, yeah, it's a JRPG. It's made by Square Enix. It is made kind of in the same vein as, um, like, Final Fantasy. I guess it would be five. I haven't played the Final Fantasies, but from the reading I've done, that seems to be um, kind of what it is um, similar to. And a demo came out for uh, a month or two ago, mm-hmm. 
and I didn't. I played it when the demo came out, and I just. I guess I either I didn't pay attention to the tutorial, um, or something just didn't work for me. I I was kind of thinking of it more in Western terms, where you know once you pick a class, that's your class, and and not in. Um, the, this, which is a very flexible job system that you can change, you know, basically whenever you want. Um, and so I played the demo and I was just like, I hate it. I don't, you know, I don't know why everybody likes this game. And so I was kind of reading, you know, some reviews and then um, Kotaku will periodically, they keep lists like the 10 best 3DS games at the moment, the 10 best Vita games at the moment, the 10 best 360 games at the moment, that type of thing. And they refreshed their 3DS list and they put Bravely Default on it and they were mentioning it in the same vein as like Fire Emblem's Awake- Fire Emblem Awakenings, which is my absolute favorite game on the 3DS ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Atrian Odyssey 4 in terms of like accessibility. And I was like, okay, you love both of those games. You, there's just try this game again. Just try it. You have the demo. What What's there to lose? So, so did you actually get uh, the game or you just jumped back into the demo? What I did was I bought the game so that I would have it on hand. Uh, and then I figuring, figuring mm-hmm. if I played the demo for like an hour or so and then really liked it, I would jump into the game. Well, so I played the demo and I, I, it, it clicked. I paid attention. I learned you can change jobs when you want to. I, I learned how the battle system worked. I completely fell in love with it. I didn't start playing the actual game for another 10 to 12 hours. Because you were playing the demo, you mean? Because I was playing the demo. The reason being that if you... Um, if you do everything in the demo, all of the side quests, all of the main quests, and then there's this village you can rebuild, which is part of the main story, you get bonuses in the main game. So things like potions and, and uh, armor and weapons and things just to kind of give you a boost. So once I realized that I really loved the demo, I just figured, well, I might as well finish this up. So basically and you were pre-grinding. I was pre-grinding, but the best thing about it was there is so much in the main game that the demo doesn't show you that it didn't, it's not, you know, like sometimes, like especially, um, you know, like uh, like Xbox Live games or PSN games, you know, you play the demo and, and then you, you just unlock the full game and you just kind of keep going. It's, right. it's like a seamless um, transition. And here, it wasn't like that at all. Nothing carried over except all the little bits and baubles that I got. Um, you know, they capped the job class, I think, at like level five. Um, they only gave you certain jobs. You didn't have to fight bosses to get those jobs. It was, you know, that type of thing. And so, and then there is whole, so many aspects to the combat and, 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 and all sorts of different things that they did not show you in the demo. It was a really great demo because it gave you enough for you to go, yeah, I like this, but it didn't show you everything. So when you started playing the main game, you were, you were still surprised. And, and, and I, I thought that was just, that was great. Plus playing the demo kind of gave you a boost up. So, um, so I've been playing it and yeah, 74 hours later, you know, I am still going strong. Um, but the, the, the bravely default where that comes from is, um, so in battle, it's turn-based, but you have what are called brave points. And basically, so at the beginning of a round, everybody gets a point. Um, and then you can use that point 
And if you use that point, then you go down to zero. So like an um, action point. You can do one action. Yeah, it's an point. action right. point. You can do you can do one action. Default attacks take an action. You know, like casting a spell takes an action and magic points. Doing just like a regular attack uh, costs an action. Doing like some super attacks may cause several action points. Or uh, cost several action points. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you could do is you can take. It's called braving. So braving says I'm going to take I'm going to take four action up to four actions this turn and those four actions could be a combination of you know just regular attacks it could be attacks that require multiple brave points which will just kind of limit how many turns you can take and also put you in the hole further um and that's a great way like if you think hey i can wipe this party in one fell swoop which you want to do because you get so there's three different bonuses there's unscathed which means nobody got hurt there's um these are bonuses one, like your golden experience points after a battle yeah right? yeah there's one turn victor and then there's sweeper one turn victor means it only took us a turn sweeper means i killed everything in one attack and so if you think you can wipe everything in one round, you, you, you want to try to do it. If you can't, though, and you're in the hole, you can't do anything. You can't defend or you can't do anything until as many turns pass as it takes to get you out of that hole. It's basically the, a, a deficit spending system. You're doing yeah, deficit and, spending with your right. action points, right? And the, 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 the flip side to that is you can default. And default basically means I'm going to defend um, so you'll take less damage. You'll still get hurt. Um, I'm going to, but, you know, you could defend. And then that gives you a surplus of brave points that you can then use to trigger, you know, better moves or, or whatever. So, um, you know, just the, the, the base game, you know, you, you, you kind of, the way the, the game kind of sets you up very early on, because you have to defeat bosses to get certain uh, jobs. Um, some of them you'll get free. Um, but, but you, you, you know, you, you kind of beat some bosses early on to where, okay, you can have a monk, you can have your, your white mage, which is a healer, you can have uh, a knight, and so you know, it would be your tank, and then you can have a black mage which would be your damage caster. And and if you want, you know, you really, you kind of spend the first four chapters of the game kind of just in those classes because it's going to take you that long to get those jobs mastered up to level 14, which you really want to do because it unlocks some really super powerful shit. Um, after that, though, I mean, along the way, though, you'll you'll take on other bosses and you'll start getting all of these other classes or these other jobs and you can start dabbling in them, but it isn't until chapter five where you can start really grinding for, for job points more effectively. And you can start seeing how all these different jobs interplay with one another. And that's where I am right now. So right now I am just in the process of kind of grinding out to raise jobs to their max to see what is the best way that I can combine these jobs for this character with support their support abilities, you know, the primary job, their secondary job, and that type of thing to see, you know, what like <laughs> like a this night I tonight I spent about an hour and a half with my monk 
And I said, okay, let me try doing this thing with him with magic. Okay, let me fight a, a monster. Okay, you know, how much damage did I do in that situation? How much did I do in this situation? Okay, now let me switch uh, with a different job and a different uh, support ability. Okay, how much damage should I do there? And, like, basically just trying to figure out what is the exact best way to kind of use all these things um, together. And it seems really complicated, and it, and certainly it is, I mean, definitely reading, like, job FAQs are great because it just kind of gives you ideas of ways you could use the jobs together that you wouldn't think of on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems really complicated, but it's not. Once you get into it, you just, you just realize, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I can use that guy to tell what kind of monster that is. Once I have its weakness, I know I can either use his ability for his monster type to do a more damage or that guy's ability for the elemental type to do more damage or, you know, that type of thing. You just kind of fall into it. And for something that sounds as complicated as it does, it, it it's surprisingly open and, and um, not at all complicated when you're actually playing it. So um, what this reminds me of, and actually let me ask you real quick, uh, it's fantasy based, but are there any characters who use guns in Bravely Default? No, there's no guns. Because if that was the case, it would be the perfect game for, like, red state Republicans, because then it would have guns, deficit spending, and job creation. Yeah, absolutely. Without the guns. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that might leave it somewhat wanting. Uh, But Uh you're you're, you're talking about the flexibility with the class system. Reminds me a lot of a game that I've been playing lately that is my game of the week, uh, Diablo 3. We by the way, uh, we're back after a two-week absence that was due to Diablo 3. A Diablo 3-related absence is why there have been no podcast for two weeks. So in the last two weeks, I've been playing a lot of Diablo. And one of the unique things that Diablo 3 does, distinct from the previous Diablos, is that same kind of flexibility. Is As you right. level up, and I'm sure you know this, Brandon, you've played it. McMaster, you've played mm-hmm. it, and you even took me on a tour to Whimsyshire once. Um, and that's not a euphemism. For folks listening, <laughs> uh, in Diablo three, you as you level up, rather than devoting a point to a particular skill, one of the unique twists that Blizzard took uh, for the design for Diablo three is you just unlock it and you can freely mix and match it when you're not in combat. And the more you level up, the more options you have for what might be the equivalent of a class system or the jobs that Brandon is talking about in Bravely Default, it just lets you, you know, you talk about spending time with your, whatever, your monk and, and trying different kinds of damages. Diablo 3 is a lot like that. Like, you try your different skills, you apply different glitz to them with the new loot system that figures a lot into your character builds. Uh, so that kind of flexibility definitely makes me think of the time I've been spending with Diablo 3. And I think that's something that, that is really important in modern RPGs. It's this flexibility to play the way you want to play rather than to right. be straight-jacketed into a particular build. Um, and I think in the past, a lot of developers think, well, if we force players to make a particular build, like a traditional Baldur's Gate structure or whatever, that adds like replayability because maybe they'll want to go back and replay it with different classes. Um, but I think there are other ways to encourage replayability in some of these games. And this, this ability to mix and match is its own kind of replayability. Um, right, right. Yeah. And, and now, McMaster, what you've been playing, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, because I understand there's a little bit of flex, uh, unprecedented flexibility, well, at least unique flexibility, in the class structure of what you're playing, yes? Yeah, in League of Legends, um, there's... Uh... <laughs> there's no <laughs> flexibility in that. Nice try. <laughs> 
By the way, I'm putting oh, you up. Master, you've just dropped to level negative two. I'm Good. at level 70, by the way. No, you know what? I'm going to put... I'm only at level 60. Brandon, um, you've gone to level so five in the... Uh, level five? Oh, look at you. RPG. I Hell should yeah. be like level 98. Hell yeah. <laughs> Binky got level five already. Right. Now, Brandon, we need you to grind some more. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, McMaster, you're at level negative two for bringing up League of Legends, which doesn't have leveling. Uh, actually, it does. Yeah, it does. does. Yeah, yeah, it does. All right, you know what? Never mind. We're going to move you back up to level negative one. <laughs> okay, work. cool. All right, Thanks. so what's the other game you're playing that has leveling? <laughs> um, By the way, McMaster, I'm opening a beer, just so you know. Listen. Okay, good. Uh, I, I bet that's it. Um, uh, I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online. And, uh, really? Yeah, a lot. I uh, just hit level 40 today. And, uh, what's the level cap in that, by the way? Uh... It's kind of strange. It's 50 for regular levels, and then I think there's 10 veteran levels. They're much uh, longer. What? They're like so prestige levels? Kind of, but... I don't well, know, it's what's interesting. The, Master, what's the difference between what you just said and a level 60 level cap? Well, uh, because you're a jackass. No, it's... Hold on, negative two. No, uh, well, <laughs> level 50 is when you stop gaining... Uh, skills, not skills, but 50 is the highest you can level a skill or your character okay. uh, at this point. And then past that, it's mostly uh, equipment and uh, kind of veteran dungeons, elite stuff. Uh, but you can get to level 60. Like, it's called level 60, yes. Uh, it's called VR10, actually. Oh, yeah, my God. Sure. What the heck does that mean? VR10? Virtual reality yeah, tip? I don't want to hear about it, Captain Fractals, all right? Because I don't even want to hear about it. Captain Fractals? Now, is that a Guild Wars 2 reference? Yeah, that might be. <laughs> okay. Now, if you really wanted to oh. dig me, McMaster, you would call me Captain Paragon Levels, because that's what I've been grinding lately in Diablo 3. That's their... All right, but the stuff. Fractals make just about as much sense as VR... As a, I see. Fair uh, point. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so wait, VR does uh, not really stand for virtual reality. There's no virtual reality in Elder Scrolls Online, is there? No, there's not. Because okay. that sounded uh, like some serious sci-fi stuff. I didn't know what they were doing. There's something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> so you get yeah. to level fifty. You've got ten more levels you can go. But but in the right. course of this, you've chosen oh mage. So you only get magic skills, right? That's how it works. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, no, oh, it's uh, not. Even I know that. <laughs> it's, uh, now, you can do whatever you want. So you can you know, wear whatever type of armor you like or use whatever type of weapon. Um, the, the way it works is it gives you uh, this kind of this big selection of skills. Uh, there are four character classes, and uh, each character class has three different uh, special like lines uh, per... Uh, that do stuff like, uh, you know, for instance, I, I play a uh, Templar. So in the Templar, um, you you have uh, these sun and light-based abilities that do damage and uh, area effect stuff. Uh, and then you have, like, the spear-based ability um, or, uh, that you can, like, throw these, uh, like, holy wrath kind of things. And, um, and then there's the healing tree. Uh, and... and you know, each class, there are four classes, Dragon Knight, Nightblade, which is like the rogue kind of thing, uh, Sorcerer and Templar. Then from there, uh, you have a tree based on your race, 
Um, then you have uh, all the crafting trees, weapon type trees, and stuff. And and all the characters have these. You just don't, you know, you just don't have to use them or put points into them. Well, then it does, uh, it does sound like if I'm choosing to be a, a dragon mage or whatever that goofy thing was you said, if I'm choosing that, I've only got those three lines to pick from. It does sound kind no, of no, no. Oh, no, that that's that's those three. But you have everything else. Those are just unique to each character. They have three unique lines. Okay. Uh, and then from there, you can be, you know, be like like a Templar. I can be a healer. I can wear plate mail if I want and go in two-hander, or I can wear a robe or, and do stabs. You know, it just kind of depends on how you feel like playing it. And there's all sorts of things you can mix and match to do. The know? idea is they're, they're trying to do it like uh, like Skyrim, where rather than... So what you do is what you... Yeah, how you play is what you advance, right? Right. So if I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online and I just run around and I'm hitting the space bar and just jumping, 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 and I get my jump skill up to level 60, I can level my character exclusively by being a jumper. Is that correct? Yeah. That is Mm -hmm. not correct. Okay, because you could do that in, I think, Oblivion. Uh, Yeah, it was Oblivion. You could be Hayden Christensen in that horrible teleporter movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, that was... um, no, that's pretty stupid. Um, the, uh, <laughs> you don't get points for jumping and stuff like that. Um, Brandon but, just went down to level four for his jumper reference. <laughs> hey, that was oh. pretty. That was a solid reference. <laughs> and uh, whatever while you, you say, guys, while you guys, talk, <laughs> uh, I just dinged level sixty-two. Let me just make it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as you go. Uh, it depends on what kind of skills you have on your skill bar uh, as you're leveling and advancing. And um, that advances, say, for instance, I wear mostly light armor. So when I'm in combat, that advances my light armor. And um, once uh, it, it goes up levels, you have like uh, passive effects and active effects that you can purchase uh, and use that give you character bonuses. And there's quite a number of those as well. So it does have some sort of like Brandon is talking about with the class system, like the the free ability to sort of tinker around. Uh, it does have some of that kind of flexibility. Um, does, uh, does yeah. it, how does it compare McMaster to other uh, MMOs that we've played? And I think specifically the MMOs you and I have played together, like Secret World, Guild Wars 2. Uh, I know you've played that World of Warcraft thing. I haven't touched that in forever. But how, how do you feel it compares to those as far as the flexibility it offers? Um. So far, I'm. Uh, I think it's really flexible. Uh, it feels that way, at least. Uh, it, you can kind of just play what you want. You know, you don't really. You're not really restrained by certain things. Like in Guild Wars, it was. It was interesting because you you could use you know the different weapons to give you different uh, skills. But this is just kind of whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me yeah. throw this out to you guys because it's something that I feel Diablo. Three does does very well, but I think it's difficult when you allow this kind of flexibility, and that is sacrificing any sense of character or personality for a specific character class. Like Diablo Three, when I play a witch doctor, I feel like it's it's distinct from playing the Crusader or the monk. uh, That even though they've got this flexibility, they limit it enough and they give it enough personality that I still feel. Not straightjacketed, but I still feel like there are only certain things I can do, but I do those things particularly well. And part of what happens then is that when I'm playing my witch doctor, I'm really enjoying it. It feels like it has a lot of personality, 
but I still feel this pull to, you know what, I still also want to play my Demon Hunter. You know, I still want to level up my Barbarian because they feel different. Uh, mm-hmm. And isn't it kind of a problem when you have this, hey, do whatever you want, make whatever character you want. Uh, doesn't your character then just become an empty vessel into which you just put whatever stuff you want and therefore it doesn't have as much personality? Like, is, it, is that a risk that either of you guys see with Bravely Default or uh, Elder Scrolls Online? Uh, I don't. Um, okay. Yeah. I, well, see, I think to me it's more of a Western RPG versus a, a JRPG. Like, to me, one of the biggest differences between JRPGs and Western is that, you know, Western, you know, you kind of start, okay, what do I want this character to be? And then, so you, you set your stats with a class in mind, then your class is, is a function, is a function solely of your your stats. Now, obviously, Oblivion's a little bit different, but Oblivion, instead of your stats, you pick your actions. If I'm going to swing a sword, am I going to use magic, whatever. Um, and then it becomes like a paper doll, and, and through various interactions with the world is maybe how you would set this character's personality. How do I talk to people? Am I good? Do I Am I going to assassinate people? Am I going to... And that was one of the things that I always felt was silly about Oblivion and about... Um, Skyrim is this notion that I'm a thief who is leader of the Thieves Guild, leader of the Assassin's Guild, leader of the Mages Guild, uh, and leader of the Fighters Guild simply because I can. It lets me. It doesn't say you can't, uh, which you know in, is great for player choice, but it, it's ridiculous that I'm a thief and I am in charge of all the mages. Um, whereas JRPGs, I think they tend to, they, in my limited experience they they're the opposite where you play this this character and you can change some bits of that character and then certain jrpgs allow you more flexibility uh around that than others but you know this guy is the wisecracking you know guy this is the prim woman this is the young kid you know their personalities you don't get to pick that you may be able to pick kind of what they do but they're they're a character and you're controlling their actions as opposed to you building a character that you really kind of feel like is your own and they furthermore have a a significant part in whatever world building is going on because they have a role in the story and my frame of reference for this brandon is uh is because I'm like you and that I don't play a lot of JRPGs. Uh, most of them bounce off of me for various reasons. But one that really got its hooks into me was Xenoblade Chronicles. And that, you know, mm, yeah, each yeah. of the characters in that not only had a specific type of thing he could do, you weren't building the characters. I mean, you could certainly level them up and make choices about them. But they all had a specific narrative role as well. You know, right. that were, and that's the same way in, in Bravely Default. Right. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that always bugged me, again, about Oblivion and Skyrim, is the fact that everybody is just standing there waiting around for you to talk to them. You know, it makes sense in some instances, okay, fine, I'm the Dragonborn, I've only been the, I'm the only Dragonborn there's been in quite a while, of course I'm going to be the one to kick this whole thing off. But the Civil War that was taking place in Skyrim, they're seriously all just kind of hanging around waiting for one dude to show up and turn the tide of battle. Like that just seems silly. There's no sense of progression outside of your direct control. You can't white knight, uh, uh, JRPGs and talk about ridiculousness of quests. 
No, no, no. I'm not talking. No, I'm not talking about ridiculousness of quests. I'm talking about how in Skyrim and Dragonborn. I'm sorry, in Skyrim and uh, what you call it, Oblivion. The entire world waits for you. And, and if you don't, if you want to just sit there and make daggers for the rest of your life and never go on a quest, you can do that and nothing will ever push you. And it's like this whole, you know, you get to these places and they have this backstory that says, hey, this whole civil war has been going on. And, you know, thankfully you've arrived. Um, but it never would happen if you didn't actually go take that quest. I mean, JRPGs aren't like that. Yeah, their quests are like completely ridiculous, but. In, not in all cases, but, you know, but at least like, you know, they kind of make you do like you, you when you play the game, they make you do those those things so that it makes sense that this stuff is happening well, with you as a part of it. It, it comes well, they're, down to their linearity or their linear for sure. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It comes down to the, the world building. Like we've all three chosen very RPGs in very different subgenres of the RPG, and they all have very different approaches to world building. Uh, right. Brandon, what you're talking about is, I think, the, the classical difference between something like a JRPG and the Bethesda approach, where you right. jump in. There, there is kind of an I, I, even though it's a generalization, I like this idea of separating it for, as an Eastern and Western thing. And in, in a Bethesda game, it's very bootstrappy. Like, you get in there, and you pull yourself through the storyline as much as you want. Right. You determine your own destiny. You are the lone hero, you know. You're the action star. And uh, that's not how generally JRPGs do their world building. Right. That's not the kind of world right. that they're building. Um, so, uh, McMaster, uh, another, like, a, a unique problem that MMOs Wait, can I, have. Can I, ask, yeah, yeah. can I ask Jason a question real sure, quick? Sure, so, sure. So, so Jason, then in, in Elder Scrolls Online, like, is there an overarching kind of That's story? I was going to ask him. You stole my oh, question. sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. All right, you're down to level three. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, I just dinged to level 70. Oh, my God. You're, you're siphoning levels off. Yeah, exactly. Me. He's using Wither on you. It's, it's ridiculous. Nerd. So, yeah, McMaster, tell us about, tell us about some of the world building, because that's, that's a traditional problem in an MMO. You know, if you like RPGs and the RPG of choice for you is an MMO, you can't change the world, because if you do, the 800 people in line behind you to do the quest, you can't very well solve that quest and change the world. So tell yeah, us yeah. how. Well, tell us how Bethesda is dealing with that with Ensemble, or, uh, Ensemble Online, <laughs> with uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, the same way ESO, that... ESO, they can't call themselves that, because ESO is Ensemble Online, the service that I use to kick your ass in Age of Empires. You just keep thinking that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, no, the... Uh, they're doing it the same way that, you know, I mean, uh, a couple of other games have done, that's, you know, through phasing and instancing, uh, but at the same time, uh, they, a lot of the set pieces don't get changed that much, uh, so it, it's, yeah, no, I mean, it's the same way it works in the Elder Scroll games, though. Basically, that you know, once you've done something, uh, everybody starts talking about how awesome you are. And uh, you know, this is part of their quest system, of course. Uh, are they doing the hey, go out and uh, get me ten talons from uh, an ostrich? Yeah. Like you're no. doing that kind of stuff. Tell us about the quest system. Uh, 
Actually, the quests are kind of cool if you actually read them. I think that's like a problem. <laughs> if you actually read them instead of just going to the glowing right. icon and, and that? clicking no your mouse. Yeah. And they... <laughs> no, that's the problem that I think that they're having is people just like, oh, you know, violently clicking through every bit of dialogue. Uh, but the, like, they're actually... Yeah, they're... yeah, yeah, elven guy. Come on, wrap it up. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Tells me my objective and where I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. But the way they the way, designed those year. quests are... That, that It doesn't work that well with that because they're not doing the World of Warcraft. Like, yeah, I, I don't care what the big cowman in the dress says. Uh, do you want, you want, like, you want ten talons? Let's go do this. You know, it's not like that. There's, a, there's always, like, a story behind it, and they always kind of... The huge branching quests. Um, Wait a minute, branching quests. What? Like they just keep going and going and going. Like, like with choices. Oh, like aren't like cha- quest chains. There are sometimes choices too. Yes, but uh, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a. It, you you go through zones and they, it kind of leads you through. It takes uh, like you. You have the main quest, you follow that, and uh, as you're going, you'll see other just optional quests along the way, and all you you know you pick those up. And but uh, yeah, the, all the quests are stuff like uh, usually I don't know they they're, they're very varied. A lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of times you got to go, you know, search for guys or go clear out a dungeon or do whatever, etc. Uh, so it's not just ostrich talons; it might be emu talons, for example. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they yeah. mix it up. Any flightless bird? I, I have heard though that there are no that you never get gather X number of items. That that's really just not part of their quest structure, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, there is like, I there, uh, God. There's like maybe one or two where you have to get something for a ritual or something, but it's they're rarely the same item, and it's usually you have to go to different places. Well, one of the the gold standard for me is is Guild Wars Two, where you really didn't have quests. Uh, it was just what place do you want to go on the map to do what activity. Like the quest structure, very rarely, actually, you would always have one story quest based on your class and race that you would go do. But for the most part, you're just right. moving around on the map and doing things that are part of the world building, that are part of the, the setting, the environments, the characters. And you encounter them and you do this. You, you never had a list of quests that you were doing. There's well, there's kind of this like fascinating mixture uh, to me. Um, first, you do have like a quest list, but they're all optional things. You know, uh, you just run into most of them. There, I, there is a main quest uh, that you get. I think a new uh, entry into every five levels, uh, and it's the whole like grand overarching, you know, Molag Ball or whatever his name is. Um, what were uh, you saying? Glug ball? Mo- Molag ball. Molag ball. Molag yeah. ball? What the heck is, is that? Phaedric yeah. Prince. Yeah. God, come on. Such, Tom, such a... Oh, yeah, okay. Level 60 what? Anyway. <laughs> 70. Um, 70. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, right, after, right. Since, yeah. you, since you actually know what a Molag ball is, I'm going to go ahead and move you up to level... That's not a Molag ball. It's the Molag the, ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's on. only one of them? All right, in that case, we're going to... Yeah, yeah level... he's a Daedric Prince. Well, you're level six, McMaster, for knowing what it is. Brandon, for, for being able to call out his race, I'm moving you up six levels. So, Brandon, you're level nine now. Oh, so, a... ding, grats. Oh, um, but, yeah, so uh, 
they 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 have those. And then they they only have currently in the game two guilds. I imagine they'll add more with expansions, stuff like that. Guild uh, speed, have, stuff like the Mages Guild and Fighters Guild. And right, right. Yeah, they have their own quest lines uh, that are pretty neat. Uh, I, I've liked all the ones I've done so far. And, uh, you know, as you go, you run into different stuff, like towns will be under siege, or they'll have some sort of problem, and you help save, like, whomever, and it's these big quest lines. And uh, But as far as, like, just moving through the map, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the Killing monsters gives a lot of experience, you know, it, as compared to questing. I mean, you know, of course, if the questing involves killing monsters, that's just a bonus. But if if you go and, like, just kind of adventure and explore, you can still do really well experience-wise. I mean, you'll still want to do the quest, uh, but it's quite possible just to kind of wander. Uh, and there's uh, several public dungeons uh, in each map area, and uh, you can just go and kind of go through those. And Have you done any public dungeons, McMaster? Have you done any? Yeah. Yeah, I've okay. done a bunch of them. Moving you up to level nine with Brandon. Very good. There you go. <laughs> and um, and then of course, uh, the thing that I think is the coolest uh, right now, or at least something that I, is, there are three different factions in the game. Uh, I'm in the Daggerfall Covenant because I'm old school. And uh, oh, shut up, Covenant. You played Daggerfall. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, and I think like a Richard a, Ludlum novel. It is. <laughs> Robert Ludlum, uh, sorry. Yeah, 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 it does what? sound like his, his his younger brother who never got much work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard Ludlum's Daggerfall Covenant. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, I remember that novel. Um, so what do you get for being? These are fat. So is there factions? These are th- th- yeah, three right? different factions, right? And so uh, there's the Daggerfall, there's the Evanhart, and then there's the Old Mary. And uh, Old those. Mary? <laughs> Ald Mary. I don't Old know how. Mary? Something I'm not a part of. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't want, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be in the Old Mary faction, McMaster? Well, you know, the spam blam. Um, but no, uh, okay, the faction I'm in, the, the Daggerfall, is Breton, Redguard, and Orc. And then, uh... Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I cannot help... My inveterate disdain of all things fantasy. I, I apologize for that. That's my own baggage. I'm sorry. You're the worst well, person. Bretons and Red Guards, they're more like. Cause they're more historical in a race. way. Yeah. Yeah, they're more like. like uh, it's almost like, like races in, in the way that, like, you know, we would say this, you know, this person is, is whatever. Uh, Asian or African American, not race like, oh, he's an orc, he's an elf. I mean, right. they have orcs and elves, but. Right. Uh, and then, yeah. But So, anyway, there's three different ones, and they all have different parts of the world. Like Daggerfall, of course, takes part where Daggerfall was oh, set. This is the PvP the factions, area. right? These are the PvP factions, yeah? Right, right. But they also have different parts of the world. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, the one with the Nords, uh, Evanhart, that they have, like, the Skyrim area and all that stuff. And uh, the other one... Where the hell they have? It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then Cyrodiil, you know, is from Oblivion, uh, right. and it's in the center, and that's like the PvP area. Uh, but once you hit level fifty with your respective um, pact or what have you, uh, you can go and like do instanced to your 
um, faction versions of the other places. I guess you're like invading and doing stuff like that. That sounds really awesome. Uh, but and then they have veteran dungeons, and the new thing that they're introducing is these entire zones that are kind of like raids, I guess, where you just kind of go through. Have you done it. any uh, veteran dungeons yet? No. Okay. You had a chance to go to level ten, but you're still at level nine. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. uh, have you done any of the? P- well, we'll get to the PvP in a minute, but I, I want to talk briefly. So. Uh, that that's some of the world building that that we've got in Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, world building can be great in some games. Or Guild Wars Two, I always like how that works. You know, it works for me in certain uh, JRPGs. One of the things that I'm really responding to very strongly in Diablo Three is Blizzard's whole approach to. And I apologize for the salty language. You might want to stop listening for a moment. But Blizzard's approach to world building is, you know what? Fuck world building. We yeah, don't care. Pretty much. <laughs> and in fact, that's that's been a trend. You know, when Diablo came out, you had to play through on normal level. You had to do the story mode to get up to the next difficulty level story mode. You had to play it in sequence. I mean, I guess you could go back, but as you wanted to unlock difficulty levels, you had to play through their story. They have increasingly let you just disregard their story. And this new adventure mode that they've put in, where it just shuffles up, you know, it gives you five random objectives in one of the town hubs, and you can freely go to any one of the town hubs, and these random objectives are just, hey, go to this place, and for the most part, it's kill this thing, maybe it's do this quest, um, but it's basically an excuse to go somewhere and kill stuff, and then you get a little tick mark, and you can do four more of them in the area, and if you do five in a row, you get a little bonus, you get a little gift package. And furthermore, as you're doing these, you're getting these little keys that unlock another random level for you, and it's basically them just throwing up their hands and saying, ah, forget the story, you're here to kill stuff, so just run around and kill stuff in any order you want. And, right. and what I love, too, is that you can start a character at level 1 and go all the way to the level cap of 70 and beyond with this unlimited leveling system they've added, never touching the story mode. And for me, that is so huge. There is no world building. There is only the moment-to-moment gratification of the combat system. And it, right. it, it's, it's pure and simple, and it's just it's something I can do for 15 minutes or three hours at a time, whatever I choose. And I never have to talk to anyone, in, in, in any NPC, that is, or read any text from a quest, or even care about you know, what this race is and who these people are. And I'm loving that. I'm loving that freedom. I mean, I like good world building as much as the next guy, but I also appreciate when a game with a combat model this solid lets me just mess with the combat model. You know, I I couldn't care less what race I am or what race somebody else is or what these monsters are. I am just there for the gratification of, for instance, that that corpse spider jar just constantly breaking open, hearing that little pottery shard sound effect, those things shattering. You know, I'm just doing that and digging it. I don't care about any quests. Uh, And I love that about Diablo and and how Reaper of Souls has just completely given into that tendency. Uh, It's just open-ended leveling without world building. Uh, Well, when I finished Diablo 3... You did not finish Diablo 3. When I I watched the... Final cinematic yes. on Diablo three. Yes, you know I was, I was like, really? Did nobody see that? What just happened there? Okay, so I guess we'll be doing this again three years from now. Uh, you know, because you you spoiler alert. Is it okay? Can I do that? Can I spoil the ending of, of the story in Diablo three? Oh, oh, uh, I don't. I would be. I, 
I'm not even sure I would know what that is. Yeah, yeah, by all means. Okay, so when you, you, you kill Diablo and you his body, he, you're, so you're up in like heaven or angel town or whatever they call it, and uh, you, you kill Diablo and this whole time he's been in this like soul stone thing, him and you, he tricks you to getting all the, the princes of hell or whatever you want to call it into the soul stone. And I don't know a thing. That, the stuff you're saying, Brandon, I don't have any idea about. I don't know any of this. Go on. This is all oh, yeah. I, I do. But that's yeah. So, so throughout the game, when you're, you're going and kill like Belial and, and all the other guys, right. you then capture their soul in the soul shard. And yeah. that was actually like Diablo wanted you to do that because then everybody's captured and then he doesn't have to deal with them. And then he comes out and he like right. absorbs them. And he's, like, stronger than ever. Well, then, when you kill him and his body is, like, falling down from the heavens, there tumbling next to him is the soul stone. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody thought to maybe grab onto that, you know, kind of just maybe put it, rent a safe deposit box down at the Sun Trust, do something. <laughs> you know? Like, it's going to fall on some poor peasant kid's head, and then he's going to become the new Dark Wanderer oh. or whatever the like that guy was, and uh, and we're going to be going through this whole thing again two three years from now. Man, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know any of that. I don't know oh, anything about a stone. God. You need to take about... some levels away from yourself. Then, <laughs> yeah, you need to take all your levels away. No, I'll go down to level fifty. I'm at level fifty. No, it needs to be lower than that. Okay, what what am I, McMaster? What am I at? Uh, I think you need to be level eight. Okay, I'm at level eight. Brandon and McMaster, you're both at level nine. I can't pay I attention think we deserve to any of that. Levels. I cannot level hit. The escape key fast enough when a cutscene starts. Well, their cutscenes though are very well done. No, I always thought so whatever. Too, yeah. No, I mean they're they're well done if you just want to look at production values. But I don't. Yeah, care about I mean. that. Who, you know, who you, doesn't? I do. yeah. Nobody cares about. I, I say nobody. I don't care about that. I guess Blizzard has their fan base that wants to see those things, but. I, I have person. never sat through – I guess I have sat through them, and I just immediately forgot about them. I have no idea what you're talking about with this soul stone or with Diablo falling somewhere. Um, when I kill him, he blows up. I don't know about this falling somewhere stuff, but I kill him, and he blows up, and he leaves some gold, and he hopefully leaves maybe a few items for me that I can pick up. Some, some legendary weapons, yeah. One maybe. of them is a soul stone. You should look. Mm, I don't think I've got a soul stone in my inventory. I've never had a soul stone. If it's there, don't, you think I would... Don't, don't equip it. It's bad news. Don't equip it? Is it the thing no. you stick in your forehead? Yeah, you just jam it on in stick there. Stick it somewhere. Yeah, just put it wherever, man. <laughs> I've got a few suggestions, actually. <laughs> well, the story for me in, uh, in Diablo 3 is, uh, now that I've got characters at the level cap, is I'm doing some of the... You know, they put... They're so good about putting this open-ended... Grind, and I say grind, grind is not always a bad word. Uh, they put in this open ended grind. So I'm at this point now where the paragon levels are one thing. You know, as you go up in paragon levels, so when you hit level 70, every time you fill up the experience point bar, you get a paragon level. And as far as I know, it's completely open ended. And each time you go up a paragon level, you get a point you can put in a whole separate little tree. And when you level up your paragon levels, that applies to all of your characters, even the ones you haven't even started yet. So if I start a new character right now, I've got 44 Paragon levels that I can spend on a little tree for a character I've never even played yet the moment I start oh, oh, the character. Oh, oh, Borderlands 2 did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Same kind of thing, like you're doing an account-wide uh, benefit yeah. for, your, for your characters. Um, but the difference, Brandon, is that in Borderlands 2 you just were filling in little bonuses on a list, and all your characters right. got that. 
in Diablo 3, when I start out, I've got those points to spend specifically on that character. So I can tailor I it per character. Um, but they've also got these... these um, this actually was added in a patch. There's something called an Infernal Machine, which I had never even heard of. McMaster, do you know about Infernal Machines? Mm, I don't think so. So as you're playing, I think when you hit level 70... <laughs> That's what my grandfather used to call his old movie. <laughs> Infernal Machine! <laughs> Very good. Uh, but in Diablo, you'll find something as you're playing, and I don't know what triggers this, because I'd had someone at level 70 for a while, and I found something called Infernal Machine Plans. And it just tells you, hey, take this to the blacksmith. Huh, okay. Check this shit out. It's infernal. Yeah. So he, <laughs> you use it with him, and now he can build you in like portals to infernal dimensions or whatever. But oh. to build a portal, you need four keys for each portal. Sure. So naturally, Why not? I'm like, wait a minute, where am I supposed to find keys? And I could go online, but we have a, several folks in a, in a little clan, and it's like a, a chat at any moment when you're playing, there's several people online you can chat to them. And many of them play far more than me and they know a lot more about the game. So I can just type in chat. Uh, where do I get keys? Because I'd never seen these before. didn't know what they were about. Didn't know, you know, who, who knows where you're supposed to go get keys. Apparently, and I'd seen this before, there are these creatures on certain levels called key wardens. Are they not key masters? They're not key masters because that might be a trademark infringement. It would be a reference to something else that is probably copyright protected, Brandon. Um, Possibly. So these key wardens, you kill them, and there's a chance they'll drop a key. So you get these four. Just a chance. Just so it's a not chance. Guaranteed. Not guaranteed mm-hmm. at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, I noticed that when you host a public game, you can put a little tag saying what specific activity you want to be doing. And the default is, hey, monster slaying. You can drop down a menu, and you can choose brawling, which is their PvP, which, as far as I know, nobody is doing. And at the bottom, you can choose uh, key wardens. Key hunting. Okay. Key hunting. Yeah. So you drop these keys, and as you gather the keys, you open portals that take you to these other dimensions. And in these other dimensions, there are small chances that, there are, that you'll get a unique crafting material. And if you get enough of these unique crafting materials, you can make something. And I think I have this right. I could be wrong. You can make something that's very coveted called a Hellfire Ring. I believe that's it. McMaster, do you know about Hellfire Ring? That sounds important. Uh, no, but... One of my really good friends is probably one of those people that plays all the time. So but that I, I hear stuff, and it's an end game grind. Like it's a so what, what's happening is that I hit the level cap, and then I'm just grinding away at Paragon levels. And Blizzard knows that I'm more likely to play if I have specific goals. So now I'm looking for keys, and once I've got keys, I'll be looking for the crafting materials, and I'm chasing something, which is a a bit in the distance, but it's a goal. I'm chasing some kind of Hellfire ring, whatever that is. Um, And then when you get it, would you say you would be in the Hellfire Club? I hope... Electric Hellfire Club. Well, I'll probably have a unique achievement for it that uh, McMaster... See, nobody got that horrible X-Men reference, and I'm disappointed in both of you. And oh, I'm no, I know, yeah, this. what, with Emma Frost and all that, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Yeah, if there's one thing I'm less likely to get than a fantasy reference, it's yeah. a book reference, I'm afraid. Sorry. Yeah, so, so I got you on that one, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And furthermore, what they're dropping along the way are more sort of immediate, uh, like, like smaller goals with certain like plans for legendary items. Certainly, the legendary drops. Um, but it's all about. And it also it also gives people something to kind of group together on too. 
you know, like you're saying, you can specifically say, hey, let's all go get some oh, right. keys. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've found that. Like, I'll, I'll start a game, and, and the key wardens are only – there are only four of them. There are five acts, but there's one key warden in each of the first four acts because the add-on mm-hmm. added a fifth act. There's no key warden in that fifth act. Everybody knows that. Don't be silly. Uh, in those Jeez. first four acts, there's a key warden. So everybody in those little key games knows we're only in the Fields of Misery, Stonefort, Dalgor Oasis, and uh, Silver Spires Part 1. Like Those are the places in each of the four acts where you find a key warden. So Now, are the keys shared? Like if, no, you, if one person... No. no oh, so I was so playing the other day with a bunch of dipwads, oh, and one of them was like, oh, I got a key, I got a key. Uh, and actually, it tells you when somebody gets a key, so he didn't even have to brag about it. We already knew that the message told us, hey, this guy got a key. Um, so no, you see when somebody else gets a key and you don't. Um, but I've got keys now to open a portal, but I've heard that... So when you go into these portals... The higher the difficulty level you're playing, the more likely the rare crafting material will drop. So now I'm at this point where I kind of want to wait and get more powerful, uh, build up, you know, I'm at the level cap, but build up some better equipment, find a good and intrepid group of players, and then go in and try to get some of those crafting uh, ingredients. Um, but that's the world building there, is me chasing this in-game grind with these crafting ingredients and these rare, these rare drops, basically. Uh, right. And that's fine for me, you know. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last, but right now I, I feel like, uh, like it's, it's a great comfort food game. Uh, Brandon, on your podcast, Jumping the Shark, Todd was kind of talking about it, and I was yelling at the podcast. He was trying to explain how, uh, I guess you guys were both talking about different games, and I was yelling at your podcast, comfort food games, comfort food games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's the games we, we go back to, even though we know maybe, eh, Right, like I could be playing know, other... I don't know if it's any good or not, but I, I like playing it. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's, you know, when you talk about kind of that, that end game kind of grind, I mean, so Bravely Default does this really weird thing where so the first four chapters is you is you trying to revive one each chapter you're reviving one of four crystals and the idea being that you'll like rid the world of this evil force so you you do that you you the fourth chapter you uh you rid the renew the fourth crystal you kind of go do what you think you're going to do to save the world and it drops you back basically at the beginning of the game nobody knows who you are you know who you are you know what you've been going through and you have to renew the four crystals again now if you want the true ending of the game if you if you want the true ending of the game you renew each of the four crystals again in chapter five then again in chapter six then again in chapter seven then again in chapter eight then you do some bosses, then you get the true ending. If you don't care about the true ending, you can renew just one crystal in Chapter 5. Then you kind of do this button mashing to renew the crystal, and then when she says stop, you go, uh-uh, and you destroy it, do a final boss, get the untrue ending. And if you if you want to keep playing, do you have to like reload a save, or does it say... Ah, no, it, it, makes a save, it makes a save for you. Like, basically, before you fucked up the crystal, so it'll let you, excuse my salty language, so it'll basically let you, when they say, hey, stop mashing the button, you can go, okay, and stop mashing the button. Um, I don't really care so much about the end game, and, and it, it sounds really bad. It's, it's actually not. It's, you've, got a, you've got an airship that will take you anywhere you want to go. And stuff is You're, uncovered. You mentioned the review. It's not stuff like is the, you have yeah, to the map is Yeah, you know exactly right, how to go to places you go. You know exactly where to go. You can turn, and this is one of the things I talked about in terms of flexibility. You, know, you can turn enemy encounters completely oh, off. Oh, my God. So real quick, I, I want you to hold that thought because yeah. 
here I, I did play Bravely Default and I played well, it for a while and Well hold on, let me let no. me finish real quick yeah, yeah, about no, the grinding. So for me, I don't really care so much about the end game in terms of the bosses. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna let you finish. I just wanna say Tom <laughs> yeah. had the the best um, music video of the year. Um I want to grind. I'm grinding now because I want to see, you know, what do I get out of these jobs? Like for you, you're playing Diablo because, you know, you, you want to see, okay, how do I get this, this, this Hellfire ring? Me, I'm like, well, you know, what do these different jobs do? I mean, at this point, I put 74 or 75 hours into the game. If I was like, okay, I'm done, I wouldn't be like, wow, I didn't, I certainly didn't get my money and time's worth out of that one. I'd be like, great. You know, so I'm less interested in actually like, okay, well, what's the true boss and what happens in the true ending and more like, hey, I think it might be really cool for this class to work with this class. Right. So what, and I, so I know, I, so I played a little Bravely Default and I gave up on it way too early, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And I saw very little of that class system. I just started to get a few of them and see how it lets you like, I think you're spending points or whatever. I saw some of that. But I got to a point where I just kept dying. I was going to have to go back to town and go through the dungeon, and there were going to be right. encounters on the way. And I didn't know. I guess I knew yeah. about it but didn't realize that it, it wants you to play with that, that encounter frequency yes. slider. Encounter slide, yeah. So that yeah. I could have just walked freely around this dungeon with no random encounters if I wanted. And then when I was ready yep. to grind some more levels, I could have turned it back up a little bit. And um, you can even jack it up so you get twice as many encounters. Yeah, yeah. And and I love yeah. that kind of, I mean, speaking of flexibility, I love yes. make letting me decide how difficult I want to be the game and therefore what kind of return I get for my time as far as advancing right. my characters. Um, right, and and that's why, you know, Fire Emblem, like, Etrian Odyssey 4 was, like, one of the first ones that, that you know, they kind of changed. It used to be, like, if you died in a dungeon, sorry, you know, well, they change it. They let you say, okay, you can have it that way if you want, or you can kind of pick a, a little more, a little easier mode where you'll just kind of warp back into town and you'll have your stuff. You don't have to, like... You know, to have this huge penalty if you get wiped in a dungeon. You know, similar. That was just like an either or thing, right? Like you're either playing casual mode in Etrian Odyssey or normal mode, right? Like there was no on the fly adjustment. Right, and that's the same thing with um, Fire Emblem Awakenings, where you know the typical thing about Fire Emblem games is if you die, that guy is gone, and there's always this huge roster of people you can get. But then you got to go through the process of training them back up, and Fire Emblem Awakenings let you say, okay, they're just gone for that battle. And for somebody like me who doesn't play tactical role playing games, you know that was great because I was like, you know gosh, to think that I would have sunk so much time into this character. And that, that game did a fantastic job of character development. Those characters had such wonderful personalities that if I were to lose them and they were to die because I'm an idiot, I, would, I wouldn't want that to happen. I, that would keep me from, from playing. It might keep me from taking chances in the battlefield. But if they're just going to take a little nap and then they'll come back at the end, you know, that, that to me would, was worth it. But, um, you know, Bravely default in terms of like in game modifications is definitely like one of the best I I've seen. That ability to just say, Hey, I'm having a real hard time with this boss because he's got a gazillion hit points, so let me just put it on easy yeah. and lower that a little and I'll still get the same reward. You know, and I know that certain there are certain members of the gaming community that scoff at such, you know, um concessions uh, to the Yeah, I'm about to scoff. What do you mean you'll still get the same reward? 
you get the same reward, like the you get the same job. I, my, I think you do. Uh, my understanding, you do. Um, is it- so I'm cool with changing the uh, encounter frequency and therefore how much experience or advancement you're getting as you move around. But you can make a boss super easy, and you get don't get penalized for it. It's not super easy, but you can you make know- it easier. Like you're not getting anything. By making you can make it easier in that they have fewer, fewer hit points, but, hit points, but they don't. They still hit just as hard. Trust me, I've gotten my party wiped out. The whole right, right, but it has fewer hit points, so it's easier to kill. But you get the same reward for killing it. Yes, I don't like this. I don't like it at one uh, little bit. Yeah, I mean the only thing. I mean I know it, it. I know. Yes, you 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 wouldn't like that. It's not like I mean you have to remember too. Like this is a JRPG, so you've got monsters with like. 150,000 hit points that maybe now has 125. So really, you're you're saving yourself. You're, it's not like it's the difference. It's not like it's a. It goes from a battle that you can do in one shot to still one that like takes still like 50. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to make something more difficult or less difficult, there should be some sort of commensurate adjustment of the reward I get for it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I was I was really surprised, but you know, I've been I've been kind of rocking this one. FAQ for a while, and you know, it kind of says, okay, here's this boss, and here's some things you can try, and it'll show, okay, here's the, excuse me, the job point and the experience point reward, and you know, I've put it on easy, and I'm like, well, it looks same to me. Yeah, see that. Okay, so here again, one of the things I love about Diablo three is it has that same kind of uh, difficulty adjustment on the fly, you know, and this is something that they have since it originally came out, where you had to play on normal, and then I guess it goes like. Nightmare, Inferno, whatever those, Hellfire, whatever those names were. And then they changed it to Monster Power. The console version that you played, Brandon, is kind of midway between where it was when it came out and where it is now with Reaper of Souls. But now with Reaper of Souls, you can put it on any difficulty level. When you get someone to level 60, you unlock a whole new tier of difficulty levels called Inferno, and they clearly show you what the adjustment is as far as experience point and money returns for killing stuff. And then furthermore, there's a whole different new uh, resource called blood shards that's affected when you're trying to get legendary items they point out how it changes uh with the levels on the highest difficulty level there are certain legendary items you can only get when you're playing in in that tier of difficulties um but i love that and it also creates this sense of as i'm building my character and testing out different characters okay i'm doing really well on Master mode, let's see now if I can do uh, torment mode. You know, let's, right. let's let's try to take it up a notch and see how I do. Um, yeah. And it's this sort of give and take. Like, how much is the game pushing me? How how much am I pushing it? Yeah. Right. Well, Bravely Default does some weird things in terms of rewards and also just like, like for example, you know, the damage cap in a in a battle is is 9999 points. <laughs> and if you want to if you want to go above that, you have to go what's in it's called bravely second. And so bravely second is like kind of, you know, you're like the flash, you know, you exist in the 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 time between the ticking uh, of the clock. And so you'll go into this like mode where you can, you basically spend they're called SPs. I don't know if they're called second points. Uh, I know about those. You can micro buy them from You can micro buy them or uh, you can I've, just I'm hating this game even more now. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, you don't have to micro-buy them. Here's what you can do. You can put your 3DS yeah. to sleep. Right. Don't turn the game off. Okay. Just put it to Choke sleep. It. And for every eight hours it's asleep, you get a uh-huh. you get a, an SP. In, in Bravely Second, you can exceed the damage cap. So if you have your your team set up to where they can do like a you know, somebody can do like a crazy amount of damage because that becomes one of the, like what I was talking about, like tinkering with 
with things. It's like, okay, you know, I was kind of going, well, if I'm hitting the damage cap with this particular set of things, like maybe I don't need to, maybe I, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm spending too much, too many magic points on this particular spell. Maybe I can kick it down a notch because right. I'm hitting the cap. But anyway, so you can go into Bravely Second and go past that cap. Well, there's also a limit to um, how many job points you can get. So the most job points you could get is 999, which, granted, 999 job points gets you, like, from level zero of a job to, like, level seven or eight in one go. And so, like, whenever you... Chapters five through eight... <clears throat> Not only are all the crystal bosses there, but all the bosses that you had previously defeated to get jobs are also there, which makes sense because if you haven't gone and gotten those jobs, now you can. Well, so you defeat those guys, you don't get any money, you don't get any experience, you just get job points. Whereas other bosses, you get – maybe you don't get any money – but you get experience and job points. Those are like the crystal bosses. And then regular enemies, you get money, experience, and job points. So it's kind of weird, and I don't know if because like they just go, all right, well, this is the maximum, 999. They don't want to have to figure out, okay, well, if you play on easy, you get 333. And if you play on right. you know, normal, you know what I mean? It's just easier for them to go, you know what? Get what you get. Put it on whatever you want, and you, can, you, can, you just have to live with yourself. And what, what, are you, what level are you playing at, Brandon? This is important. I play everything on easy. I All never right. play. <laughs> Why would I play anything on... I always play everything on easy. You're now level five. Unless there's an achievement. Unless, oh. unlike uh, except Splinter Cell Blacklist, which I am rocking perfectionist, and holy cats, I am loving it. Are you playing Splinter Cell Blacklist? Yeah, Hold on, let me make a note to ask you about that in a minute, because I definitely... Yeah. That, by the way, has some RPG elements. Like that was it a does. big pull for me is going through and unlocking better pants and getting some nice boots. Oh, I have the best Whoa. pants. I have so many gadgets in my pants. It's <laughs> awesome. Like, Master, how many gadgets can your pants hold? Uh, only the ones that, that's important, gadgets. really. Uh, I don't. Hey, Master, for that answer, I'm I'm making you level twenty. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good work, Master. Level twenty. So uh, I do want to uh, – so McMaster, so we're playing games right now that let us tailor the experience to be as difficult as, as we want. It can push back as much or as little as we want. Uh, we can just go through and kill stuff easily. We can make it challenging and puzzle out these difficult tactical situations. Uh, tell me what the difficulty level is like. And actually, I, I ask this, but isn't the difficulty level in all MMOs pretty much however quickly you want to advance – like, yeah. you stop and you grind if you're having trouble, and then you push forward into the storyline, and then you grind until you've hit somewhere on the power curve. Uh, I imagine Elder Scrolls Online is, is kind of typical in that regard, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to do that. There's, uh, well, I guess you don't have to, but uh, I can't imagine any realistic alternatives. Well, can I suggest one? Oh, Jesus, here comes Diablo. <laughs> no, no, Guild Wars oh, yeah. 2. In Guild Wars oh, 2, you could always drop back and do, uh, like, it would it would adjust your level dynamically if you went back to earlier areas. And you would still get a decent reward, but it would be a little bit easier because you would be scaled up with different uh, skills and better gear than you had when you were there before. Uh, I really liked how Guild Wars 2 encouraged you to go back into er- – it made earlier areas still relevant. Um, is there any stuff like that going on with Elder Scrolls Online? Um, no, it doesn't drop your levels okay. or anything. Okay, so I'm moving you down then to level 19 from level 20 because it doesn't have any sort of dynamic scaling. That's too bad. 
Yeah, that is too bad. Now, what happens is you you get to go through the content again as you go up. It just uh, it Wait, changes what? the difficulty. You have no, veteran no, dungeons and stuff. Like oh, right, 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 yeah. right. The, the instance kind of thing. Right, and yeah, and you have also uh, the same original dungeons, but with much harder content, mm-hmm. new new content stuff like that. You know what other game does that? Um, World of Warcraft. <laughs> Fair enough. That is a good point. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about multiplayer in these games. McMaster, how are you finding the social element of Elder Scrolls Online? Are people constantly like ganking you and stealing your your uh, your ninja, looting your tin nodes, or uh, what's going on with the uh, social element there? Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's working out pretty good so far. Uh, I had you know. Uh, pretty pretty good success. I I play with a couple of friends, but we also have a well, we keep you know getting a fourth for our parties um, uh, from just wherever, and uh, it, it's working out well. Uh, you know, and the thing about the resources is they they spawn pretty quickly, uh, so people yeah I mean can run up and grab them from you, but for the most part you're it's rare to be fighting over them. Uh, are you ever doing things like uh, like a bunch of people waiting for the same boss to spawn and only one group gets credit for it, or are they no. have they worked around some of those kinds of issues? Uh, it's uh, it's contribution uh, okay. to battle. So you know, if I'm a, a healer, which I am, and I and I'm doing like AOE heals during a fight, uh, no matter how many people are around, uh, if I do a certain amount of healing, then I get credit. Or the kill, and uh, it's all based on individual contribution. So it, it doesn't like, you know, it's not like just one person gets the kill. Mm-hmm. No, whomever contributed. McMaster, I always took you for more of a tanker. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Okay. yeah well, uh, usually I would uh, probably be uh, damage, um, but yeah, I wanted to try healing out, and I really like this character. So, uh, and it's, it's very. Really- it's, it's the combat is uh, trinity based, like a tanking, damage, healing. Is that pretty? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of. You know, I mean, but every everybody has everybody can heal, everybody can do oh. just about everything. It just kind of depends on what you're doing. And like with my character, I set him up to be kind of like pure healing in dungeons, uh, so that I can later on be able to heal through tougher stuff. Um, but you know, in earlier dungeons. You know, sorcerers can heal. You know, all sorts of people can. McMaster, my experience in MMOs is that everybody loves a good healer, and nobody appreciates a good tank. That's probably <laughs> true. Uh, but you know, and the funny thing about it is, is like in some of these dungeons, in the boss fights, uh, we'll lose like a healer or a tank or something like that, and uh, we'll still finish the boss fight just by since people can do different roles. Right. You know. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's a lot tougher, of course, uh, when you lose somebody, but it is still possible. I think that's kind of fascinating. Master, do you know what MMO uh, has, uh, in what MMO every single character has a dedicated healing slot? Uh, is it Guild Wars? Very good. You've gone up to level 25. You yeah. got that one correct. <laughs> yeah. Because I played that one, too. (laughs) Uh, Now, Brandon, I don't believe for one minute that you have enough friends on the Nintendo 3DS to be sent (laughs) 
moves that you can use I don't. typically default. Yeah. So explain, I don't, but explain this feature that you get no use out of because you don't have any friends on the 3DS. Well, that that's not true. So oh. so yeah, so if you so Bravely Default has a couple of social things going on. You know, oh, of you're actually reminding me of another reason I hate the game, the Farmville thing. But I, tell us about that as well. Well, that's not really a Farmville oh, thing. That's, yes, that's pretty straightforward. So <clears throat> one of the plot devices in the game is that this village was swallowed up by this chasm. And one of the characters, Tiz, he's from that village. And so he works to rebuild it. And so basically what you do is you get villagers. So let me let me back up. So... The first social aspect is you can do you can street pass and when you street pass with with somebody um you know so if they're in 3ds sleeping and yours is sleeping and they both have the game you go past you know they'll kind of exchange um some of their player data uh and then they'll also send some villagers your way um you can also um you can register friends wirelessly or you can go out if you have friends that are you know, already registered on your 3DS that are playing the game, they can in in battle. One of the options they can choose to do is send you a move, um, and then it's a one-time use thing. So when you're in battle, you can say, "Okay, I want to use this guy's move," and then it kind of goes away, and then you know you kind of just keep sending them. But if you know they kind of know that, hey, you may not have a lot of friends that have this game. So one of the things um, is every once every 24 hours, whenever you talk to an adventurer, and adventurers are located throughout the game, they're in every town, they're uh, right before every boss. Um, once you get the airship, they're there, and they, they have a, a number of different... Um, he serves three purposes. He can save, you can buy items, you can buy equipment. But when you save, one of the things you can do is you can update your data. And when you update your data, it does a, a few things. The first thing it does is it'll just go out and send kind of like bravely default friend invites out on your behalf to other people it finds online. Um, and then if they accept, then they'll send you moves or whatever. And so even if you don't have friends, you can still get a pretty nice selection of moves. It'll also make friend bots for you. So basically it'll make an AI friend if you're <laughs> really sad like me you don't have anybody um the second thing it does is it it increases your villager count <clears throat> because the way that rebuilding the town works is that <clears throat> i hate this mode by the way there's, I hate this there's um go ahead it's really it, it's actually very helpful and it's not that big a deal at it's all it's freaking so farmville it's like a free-to-play uh, city building it's not free-to-play oh. you don't have to you don't have to bug anybody oh. you basically say so that so rebuilding this getting this village or this shop to level one takes an hour. Well, if you have one villager, it takes an hour. If you have mm -hmm. two, it takes 30 minutes, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But you want to do that because re getting your, so getting your village, your entire village all up to level 11, one, it, it gives you really good weapons, gives you really good armor. Stuff you can it buy, you, you mean? It's, yes, it, but... It unlocks it in the shop. It unlocks it in the shop. Well, no, it unlocks it in the, for the adventurer. The other thing it can do is every character or every weapon type and every character and every weapon type can have their own special moves. So, um, and, and there's different special move components. So, for example, um, you can say, I want to do this type of damage, whether it's light, dark, um, you know, uh, fire, water, thunder, which, so you would want to pick a, pick a element that maybe would be, 
um, that the, per- the person you're fighting is weak against. It lets you set the power. It, it, it lets you set whether it adds like poison, paralysis, things like that. And then you can do your healing special moves. You can say everybody gets healed a billion percent. Everybody gets a bunch of BP. Everybody, you know, their healing magic goes up 300 percent, that type of thing. So um, the only way you get all of those components for your special moves and special moves are invaluable in this game. Like you really, you know, they're one time use. You have to grind to get them. So every weapon has its own. Every special move has its own requirement, and it could be something simple like you know, uh, exploit an enemy's weakness five times, ten times, thirty times, or you know, use healing magic X number of times. So because they're like single use, and they stack, you have to be careful as to how you use them, when you use them, to get the most effective um, use of them. But if you want them powered up as 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 much as they can be, you want to get your village leveled up as much as it can be. And this is another thing where you don't turn your 3DS off. So what I would do is every night before I went to bed, I would just stack a bunch of villagers and say, all of you guys, go ahead and work on this uh, this shop. And then I just put it to sleep, stick it in the charger. Huh. I'd go to bed in the morning. It would be upgraded. You don't have to bother anybody. You don't have to. Is it is it kind of busy work? Yeah, it's busy work, but there's a benefit to it, and it ties in to the story. Um, but but so 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 the other thing that'll happen is when you update your data, your friends will send visitors. They will also send nemeses, which are like monsters that only exist in your village. And some of these monsters could be like level 99, level 70. They might have various things where you're, you're, you know, various, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, not qualifications, but constraints on the battle, things like that. And they, you know, they drop, you know, obviously experience job points, things like that. So, um, so those are, and those against them, like there's a monster in your village and you just fight a battle and, oh, yeah, well, you can choose to you can choose to protect it, which means I always want to have it so that I can keep fighting it. Or you can choose to send it, which means you're going to send it to somebody else. Or you can just fight it and it goes away. And there's actually a strategy, and I haven't done this, but only because I haven't been able to, uh, where there's this particular monster. It's a level 20 monster that um, if it gets sent to your town, you protect it which means it never goes away, because they all have an expiration date, even if you don't defeat them. So you protect it. Then what you do is you get the thief job, and you get thief gloves for one of your team members. And you go in, and you, you pick its pocket over and over and over again. Yes, and you get the mega elixir. And the reason you want these elixirs is not because they heal. The one part is they, they heal a lot, but they sell for 25000 bucks each. If you have the merchant job, one of the moves you can do is you can sell that item back to an enemy for 2.4 times its normal cost. Uh, so you could, you know, in the middle of a, you know, in the middle of a dungeon, if you're like, wow, I don't feel like leaving, I don't feel like, you know, I want to keep pressing forward, but I don't want to use my potions. You can, you can act, go into the village. At a, in the middle of a dungeon, you can fight this monster, you can pick its pocket, you can get some mega elixirs, pop back out, get everybody straight, and then go about your day. I haven't been able to get one. I don't know if Square's not sending them out anymore, but I don't. it doesn't matter for me anymore because money quickly doesn't... Once you get to Chapter 5, money really isn't an option because, right. one, you can buy a, a golden egg, which doesn't grant you experience and job points, but it doubles your money, and you can grind for money like crazy. And then once you grind enough money, you can buy a growth egg, which doubles experience job points, but doesn't give you any money. And then you just kind of keep right. flipping those things on and off, right. and money really isn't 
a problem. Right. Uh, I want to uh, play just so I can send uh, monsters to McMaster's village. Can I do that? You, yeah, absolutely. You, well, you can't pick who's you send Ugh. it to. <laughs> Actually, can you? Well, I guess if you're both registered and you say send, then when he updates, I, uh, he would he would get them from you. Yeah. If I could get a level 99 monster and send it to McMaster's mm-hmm. village, I would play this game. Would it trash any of yeah. the stuff in the village, or would it just kind of wander around until he fought it? Um, it just kind of sits there. Yeah, I want it. I want it to break his buildings and like knock things over. It, it, what it does is it fills him with ennui. He's very sad. Ah. I like just knowing that. it's there. Okay. And he's level four and, and it's level <laughs> ninety nine and he's just like man, I just am very sad. All right, McMaster, I'm gonna send some ennui your way. <laughs> uh okay, so um finally McMaster, tell me a bit about because uh, I know this is a big feature. I don't know if it's one that you've messed with uh or not. In on uh Ensemble Online. In uh Elder Scrolls Online They've got the realm versus realm kind of combat, the larger scale battles. Uh, tell me about some of that stuff in ESO. Huh. All right. Well, I guess it's pretty fascinating, compelling stuff. Uh, I think we did lose McMaster. He's probably off leveling up because, let's see, where do we leave him off? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I accidentally muted. Uh, I, have, uh, I haven't done a ton of it, uh, but I, it is kind of – it is interesting. Um, they, it, It's – you know, different keeps uh, in different areas. It's got a lot of the siege elements, like Guild Wars 2, but at the same time, different uh, parts of cities that you control give you different bonuses to your troops and stuff like that. Um, like if you have a lumber mill or something like that, it, it makes all your doors stronger and things like that. Do you um, have a lumber mill, McMaster? Oh, I got a lumber <laughs> And, uh... Are you a lumberjack and you're okay? Oh, yes. I sleep all night, work all day. Uh, Both lost eight. five levels for gratuitous Monty Python <laughs> references. All right. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I just, I haven't spent a lot of time with it at this point. Right. Okay. Uh, McMaster, what level are you in? Uh, you said you've got a, uh, your healer's like at level 40 or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, level 40. Uh, what's your highest level character, Brandon, in Bravely Default? Mm. Do you have numbers? Is that yeah. Uh, oh, 68. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then I have... And that's like one. level 5 in other games. <laughs> well, it goes up to 99. Let's see. Wow. One guy has four or five jobs completely mastered. One guy has... But he's only level 68, though. Yeah, but his yeah. jobs are all level 14. Oh, that's sweet, um, but he's still only level 68. Yeah, the other guy has three or four. My healer has three. My my black magic caster, I think she's got two. So, it's... I got a pretty good... I got a pretty good crew. I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty solid good. about... I just finished chapter... about to finish chapter five, so I, pre, I feel pretty solid about the next <laughs> 12... Uh, crystal renewals. <laughs> uh, you guys asked me what's my highest level character in Diablo 3. What is your uh, highest 70. level? Of course 70. it is. 70, so I'm going to blow past that tomorrow. I may blow past that tonight just, just to shame you. Mm, yeah, but okay, okay. I, sh- I should amend so it. So you can't go any better than that. Well, you can't. Uh, Paragon levels. 
So 70 plus then I've got 44 Paragon levels. So that uh, effectively yeah, makes yeah. me level 114 oh, to Brandon's like level. They don't. They don't. Do too. That is. That is, I call, I call shenanigans. Brandon, I can prove this with math. What is seventy plus forty-four? <laughs> I, I don't think that's how they le- they add, though. That's, I'm sorry, that's math. You'll have to talk to the people who invented math if you have an issue with that. I can't help you. I will go back in time and I will address. I will say, whoa, geez, I, I have to go a ways back. Math has been around for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah one or two years. There, yeah. Uh, real quick, tell me about uh, uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist that you're playing. It's great. I love it. So what, what system are you on? Can we play together? I'm on the 360. Oh, we could. Have you played any co-op? with? Like, you have your buddy PD that you do co-op with. Oh, not yet, but boy. <gasps> oh, it's perfect for co-op. And there's, only, there's certain sections you well, can only play co-op. The reason we have it is I started playing it first, mm-hmm. um, and then... Uh, I, he, I, I, I kept talking to him about it, and then he he just started playing it. Um, but you know, this is Petey, so he'll surpass me pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> and I did half the game on normal, kind of working towards Ghost Mastery on every level. And then I got to a couple levels where I was like, I don't want to. Re- I will replay these on Perfectionist. I'm not going to want to, but I will. So let me just switch everything to Perfectionist now. And the reality is, it hasn't changed how I play at all, because right. as soon as I got detected, I would restart the checkpoint. Oh. Um, yeah, that's kind of oh, how I was... you're trying to get that, that Ghost Mastery. The Ghost Mastery, yeah. Right. And I love it. It's it's great. I mean, I I like it a heck... I like it. I liked Conviction. I, Conviction had problems, but I liked I liked Conviction. it, too, yeah. And this one... You know, doesn't I? I don't know. I haven't gotten in as many firefights, so I don't know if like the enemy AI is as bad. Uh, you know, I'm avoiding everybody, but I've never played a Splinter Cell game with the express purpose of leaving as many people untouched as I could. Well, you get more experience points for them. Whenever you hit a, a checkpoint, yeah. you're given experience points for anybody who hasn't detected you. Or yeah, and, and it ramps up. Yeah, so it's like. You know, two fifty for the first guy, three hundred for the next guy, three fifty for everybody else. So, well, wait, are yeah, you even you, not playing the different? Uh, I think they're called Grim. No, it, each NPC has their own missions. Uh, right. But are you not right. playing just the straight up go in and shoot everything mode? Like, the, there's the horde mode where where you hold. Yeah, out. but even those you can you can do guys undetected. You can. Oh, as far as taking them out undetected, right? Yeah. You still have to kill yeah. them though. Um, well, you have to. Yeah, or you can knock them out. Like you can do. You can not leave no. kill them. No, kill them. Yeah. Well, either- that's Panther. That's the time when the time comes for me to master the Panther styles because there's three achievements right. uh, for for mastering. So there's one for Ghost, Panther, and Assault, and each one is you have to do it in seven levels, and and the co-op counts. So um, so right now I'm working on Ghost in. Uh, in the single player campaign, my understanding is some of the Panther stuff. It's easier. On uh, on co-op, so we'll see. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if they'll release it on like a grown-up console. Um, I doubt it. I wouldn't I think know. so. I think that they've already spent their money, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be really, I'd be really surprised if they would do that. Well, it's already on the most grown-up console, which is called the PC. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this man speaks truthiness. I've actually got it on the 360 and the PC, and uh, mm. I just it's, I might uh, grab it on the PC sometimes. It's probably cheaper there. It, it's a really good game. I mean, it's it's yeah. you know 
Yeah, I really like Conviction. Um, if you get it on the PC, McMaster, you can check out my awesome pants. We can play co-op and you can admire my pants. Either you just cost them a sale. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Brandon, welcome to uh, 2013, I guess, <laughs> joining uh, the ranks of people for yeah. the blacklist. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I've liked all the Splinter Cell games, but last, I don't know why, but for some reason in, uh, you know, in August, I just wasn't, I, I don't know, because when did, when did Saints Row 4 come out? Uh, I don't know, but it did kind of eclipse a, a huge portion of that year, didn't it? Uh, yeah, so I want to feel like I knew Saints Row 4 was coming out, so I just, you know, right. didn't play it. Um and You're, so, and then, I, and I thought, well, I'll get to it, you know, when I get to it. I and, thought it came uh, out around the same time as like Assassin's Creed and stuff. That's why I didn't. No, it came out in August. Oh. Assassin's Creeds typically come out in October, November. They came out uh, like Halloween. It came out like October thirtieth. They're like seasons for these things, aren't there? <laughs> they, they. It's like no, it's like um, it's like a tentpole movie posturing mm, yep. you know sure. so so when 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 uh you know batman versus superman comes out versus captain america 3 which i know tom you will be uh pre-ordering your tickets right now for <laughs> um you know who how are they going to split that superhero pie oh because that's yeah. their right it's, it's it's not the same right. weekend though it's just like roughly no it is much. no way no right yeah no yeah. you're kidding me. yeah it'll change the Zack Snyder, yeah that's what i was gonna say somebody's gonna blink uh, somebody's definitely going to blink. Uh, although I would kind of like to see a no holds barred. You know what? Both of you get in there and just see who wins. Let the Zack Snyder movie open. Let the new uh, Captain America open, and let's just duke it out. Let's figure this yep. once and for all. DC or Marvel? Who's going to pull in more money? Oh. DC, I hope. Uh, McMaster, uh, what's it, the matter with you? Yeah, I think I think in that <clears throat> in that particular situation, I think I think people would go see. Oh, Captain. I'm very unapologetically a DC fan. <laughs> what? <laughs> I am a, I am a DC comic fan more than a Marvel comic fan. I am a Marvel movie fan more than I am a DC fan. How how so though? I mean, they both have bad. They both have good. They both have bad. They both have good. But I think Marvel's so far the stuff they've been doing is better. I mean, uh. DC has what <laughs> recently? They have the Nolan Batman movies, which I loved. I love Dark Knight. It's one of my favorites. They have Man of Steel, which I enjoyed, although it was problematic. And they had Green Lantern, which I like it, but I have terrible taste. <laughs> there is that. And I recognize that. McMaster, let me put it this way. Which license did Disney see fit to buy? Oh, God. Wow. What yeah. a, what a, a hellish <laughs> thing to say. I don't even, I don't even know. These are the people that. who bought Star Wars. They know what they're talking about. They know what's good, what, they want, what, they, what they're into, what's going to make money, what the fans love. Oh, I wonder if they can violate anybody like that I really likes corpse in the next couple of months. Certainly, Brandon, yeah, I think they're going to make a. I think they're going to make a Moon Knight game where he teams up. They're going to make like a Moon Knight where he moon... teabags. Um... No, it's like it's oh. like a, they're going to do like a Kingdom Hearts Moon Knight. That's what I was going to ask game. you: is when will we yeah. see Marvel and Disney characters in a Kingdom Hearts game? Like that's got to be tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Square, Square Enix just collectively <laughs> shit their pants when that happened. It was like, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Because I can't wait. Because nothing, nothing says teen JRPG angst like you know Spider Man. That's yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no, yeah. 
Wolverine making out with Mickey oh Mouse. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> well, on that note, I would like to tease next week's podcast oh, where we'll God. be talking about some very specific superhero stuff. Uh, you'll find out what that is uh, next week. Um, so join us for that. But uh, thank you so much for joining us for our RPG discussion. Let's look at the final tally here. I have hit the level cap, which is uh, level uh, 114, which is, oh, the same level I am in Diablo. Interesting. Uh, Brandon? You're a liar. Uh, You're a liar and a horse. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing I'm math. Bad, man. This is science and math, Brandon. I can't cheat it. You can check my work here. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, you only... Oh, it's so close. You only came to level 113. Oh. Uh, I have always been an underachiever. That was very close. Uh, McMaster, you are 10 experience points away from dinging level 2. Good, good. I was close <laughs> on that one. Uh, so, everyone, thanks for listening. Join us next week for uh, some specific superhero stuff that you will find out about then. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Jason McMaster and Brandon Kukowski-Schnell. And we'll see everyone here next week. Mm